Good morning, everyone. I want to share with you one of the most terrifying moments of my life. Uh, and don't laugh at me when I tell you what it is. It was the first day of kindergarten. The idea of going into a room full of kids that I did not know with a teacher who was old, she must have been at least 50, was absolutely terrifying to me. And I remember my mom brought me to, send to, to, to kindergarten and uh, I did not want her to go and I didn't want to let go of her. I was absolutely terrified. And it wasn't, after, it wasn't until after about uh, maybe three, four days at kindergarten that I began to get used to it. I began to make friends and discovered that it wasn't so bad after all. What made the difference? The thing that made the difference is having a friend. Having people that I knew that would smile at me, that would play with me, that would embrace me and accept me the way I was. Now, making friends is what we want to talk about today, making friends and keeping them. And I'll say this to you today. For some people, making friends is easier than others. Some kids are just the outgoing, outgoing, vivacious personalities. They can make friends with anybody or anything. Unfortunately, I was not a kid like that. I was a happy kid, but I was a shy kid, very shy. In fact, I'm still kind of a shy kid. For some of you, uh, you're still scarred from your childhood or youthful experiences, trying to make friends, keep friends, maintain friendships. For some of you, uh, friends may have been scarce and maybe even non-existent. And for you, when we talk about friends, you sense or feel within your own heart an anxiety uh, as you begin to think and reflect on these things that have caused so much pain and suffering for you over the years. Now, the good news that I have for you today is that the church is, by definition, the place to have and make friends. This is the place that the Bible describes as a family. The people around you are your brothers and your sisters. That is, my friends, one of the great and glorious things about the church. Because here you have people who love you, who understand you, who accept you, who embrace you for who you are. Not because you performed or done well or because you're good or because you're perfect or because you never make mistakes. You're embraced because... That's what it means to be part of the family of God. That's what it means to belong to a church. But I know that for some of you, are sitting here today saying, Pastor Allen, that may be true for a lot of people, and maybe even for most people, but the fact of the matter is, I'm having trouble making friends. I'm having trouble keeping friends. The fact of the matter is, I feel lonely, and I feel like no one cares about me. Well, I want to help you today by pointing you to Jesus, who is for us the perfect example. Jesus, we are told, is the one that we are to imitate. We're to be like him. And 
If you have lived like that or have discovered what it is to imitate Christ, then here's what you will have discovered. You will have discovered that life is going well for you. You will have discovered that life is, has gone better now than it was before you knew Christ. In fact, if you are following Christ, then I would say that you should have discovered by now that life is great. Because that is the promise that Jesus gives us. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So here's what we discover about Christ, and here's what we discover uh, about what he teaches about friendship. And it's John 15, 12 to 13, and here's what Jesus says. And if you would read this with me, this, read it, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, that Jesus doesn't just say, love each other. He says, love each other, and I'm going to show you how to do it. Jesus is saying, follow my example, and I'm going to show you how to have great friendships. Now, before we talk about how to have great friendships and how to keep those friends, just a few things that I need to tell you about friendship. And the first thing is the importance of it. Because there's some people who have this notion that they could go through life alone, that they don't really need anybody. They have this notion that they can be a hermit. They can just hole away in the room and all will be well. This is actually a modern-day phenomenon. I uh, just re- was reading an article about it, and the Japanese have given it a name. I'm not going to even try to pronounce it. But they're seeing an alarming trend in Japan where kids are, have stopped socializing with kids their own age. What they've done is they have, have uh, actually gone to the room, they've locked the door, and for many of these kids, they don't even go to school because they cannot face people. I want you to know that you need friends, that we need each other. That's got to be clear in our hearts. And here's what the Bible says about that. In Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 10, it says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. And so you recognize that the Bible teaches that you've got to stop trying to make it on your own. You've got to actually let down your guard, knock down those walls, and invite people into your life so that you can do life with your brothers and sisters in Christ, with your friends, with your family. The other thing I need to tell you is that it's important to choose the right friends. Because just because someone calls you a friend or says, I'm your friend, doesn't mean that that's the kind of friend you need to have or should have. Listen to this in Proverbs 13, 20. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and you get into trouble. Paul puts it like this in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. In other words, what they're saying is, is that the people you hang with are the people that you're going to become like. If you want to be a good person, if you want your life to go well, if you want your life to be a success, then you need to hang out with people who are successful, with people who have got the same values as you. So those two things we want to establish before we go any further. First of all, you need friends. And secondly, you got to pick them well. You have to have the right kind of friends. So then let's get into this. How do we make and keep friends? 
Before I answer that question, I just want to just give everybody a, re a reality check here. Let's be realistic. You can't be friends with everybody. It's impossible. You're never going to be able to be friends with everybody. And secondly, you're not going to be able to keep every single friend you make. We know that because even for Jesus Christ, he could not make everybody his friends. There were people who hated him. In fact, there are people who hated Jesus enough to want him dead. And you know that they succeeded. They killed him. And not everybody who was his friend stayed his friend. And of course, the, the major, the major disaster, friendship disaster that everybody knows about is none other than Judas Iscariot who spent three years with Jesus. I mean, he was considered one of Jesus' closest friends. And so can I just say this to you? If you've been betrayed or let down by a friend, I can tell you that you need to let it go now and you need to move on because even Jesus, even Jesus had a friend like that. But let's take a look then at Jesus' interactions. And in fact, if you read through the Gospels from you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and follow the life of Jesus and his interactions with people, you'll discover that he is a master at making friends and at keeping them. And I want to highlight a friendship that Jesus made with a short little guy whose name was Zacchaeus. And I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter 19, and then we're going to unpack it and just break it down and see what Jesus' techniques are in order to make friends and keep them. So if you've got your Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 19 and listen to what it says. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a certain man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. By the way, this is the first story that I remember from my Sunday school days. I don't know. Does anybody remember that? It learned that story in Sunday school? Zacchaeus, come down because I'm coming to your house for tea. Anybody remember that song? No? It's, it's an old song. Anyways, let's move on. Verse 5, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name Zacchaeus, he said. Quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. And Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people, they were displeased. He has gone to be with a guest of a notorious sinner. The people hated Zacchaeus. Why? Because Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And to be a tax collector meant that he was betraying his people and he was working for the occupying power, the occupying government, which was Rome. And of course, the Jews hated Rome. It would be like somebody cooperating with the Nazis. You can imagine what they thought of Zacchaeus. Notorious sinner, they called him. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I have cheated anybody, anybody of their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, Salvation has come to the home today of this man, for he's shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save 
those who are lost. And so let me just point out to you then that in Christ we have the example of how to interact with people in order to gain friendships and how to keep them. The bottom line, and this is something that we all must understand, the bottom line in every interaction that Jesus had with anybody he came across is that that person went away from Christ feeling that they'd been cared for. They went away from Christ feeling, wow, was it ever a wonderful experience to be in the presence of Jesus. They felt, Zacchaeus felt, that Jesus really and truly cared about him. Now, here's what you need to do in a nutshell, and then I'm going to break it down for you in detail. In a nutshell, if you want to make friends and keep them, then it's critical that you make people feel that you really care about them. They've got to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know what? He cares for me. If you're a father today, and you want to be a father who's loved and revered and remembered by their children, then you need to be a father who makes sure your kids say, my dad was, was many things, but the thing that sticks out most is that my dad really cared about me. He really loved me. He was really concerned about my, my well-being. If you want to be a great mother, same thing. If you want to be a great wife, you've got to make it, make it clear to your husband that you really care for him. And husbands, same thing. If you want to be loved at work by your workmates, then you've got to make it clear that you really care about the people you're working for. That, folks, this is the example that Jesus Christ sets for us. So let's unpack this. The first thing that we see in verse 5, it says, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus. The first thing that Jesus does is he looks Zacchaeus in the eyes. Have you ever talked to somebody and, and uh, they look, they don't look you in the eyes. They kind of look at your hairline. They look above your head. They look at your ears. You start becoming self My ears sticking out. It, you, they look, they're looking at everywhere and anywhere, but they're not looking at you. Here's Jesus. The first thing he does is he looks up at Zacchaeus and looks him in the eye. And Zacchaeus knows that he's been singled out by Jesus. He knows that at that moment that he is the only person in the world. Think about that for a moment. When you talk to your kids, do you, are you just sort of reading the newspaper or preparing your meals or doing work? You're not really looking at your, at your child? Well, I'll tell you, you stop whatever you're doing and you look at your child in the eyes. What are you saying to your child? You're saying to your child, you are the most important person in my life. Recently, Sarah, you know my Sarah, my daughter Sarah, she scolded me. She was sitting on the other couch. I was sitting on, on the two-seater doing some work. And she said, Dad, 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 Dad. And she just kept saying it. Now, she, uh, she was trying an experiment. Because after the experiment was done, she was going to chastise me, which she did. And she said, Dad, do you know how many times I called your name and you did not even look at me? I said, you didn't call me. She said, yeah, I did. And when you finally answered, you didn't look at me. So what did I do? I gave her a spanking. No, I didn't do that. No, I didn't do that. I apologized to her. 
I apologized to her, and I said, you know what? You're, you caught me. You caught me not expressing a real love and concern for you, a real care for you. Because at the end of the day, there's nobody in my life as important as my wife and my three kids. They're the most important people in my life. After that, it's my church. Jesus looks right at Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus knows at that moment that he is the most important person in Jesus' life at that very moment. How do you make people feel when you talk to them? You wonder why people are not your friends or why people don't want to be with you? Because the fact of the matter is is that when they are with you, you're not there. You know what I'm talking about, right? It's so easy, isn't it, to be with people, but you're not with people. You're busy checking your texts, your emails. We, went, we took a, a couple out, Gloria and I did, took a couple out for a meal. It was a special, very, very special meal. They were going away. We went to CHOP. Anybody know where CHOP is? It's like a million dollars. You can't eat for a week in order to afford to go there. And we sat down to this nice meal. It was a, it was a farewell meal. They were, they were retiring and leaving the province, and we wanted to give them a proper send-off. And you know the whole time that we're sitting there, She's constantly checking her emails, her texts. She's looking at us, looking at her texts, not paying attention. And I remember sitting there thinking to myself, I wasn't angry, but I remember thinking to myself, you poor, poor woman. You probably don't have anybody in your life that you're close to. Jesus shows us how to get close to people. And the first thing he does is he zeroes in, he focuses in, and you are the most important person in my life right now. You do that to people, folks. That's the beginning of great friendships. Here's the next thing that Jesus does. By the way, the studies have shown that eye contact makes you come across warm and personable, more attractive, more likable, more qualified, more skilled, competent, valuable, trustworthy, honest, sincere, more confident, and emotionally stable. That's just by looking at someone in the eye. Here's the next thing that Jesus does. He calls them by name. My kids always laugh at me because if ever I call them, it's like I go through everybody's name. And if we have a dog in the house, the dog's name gets thrown in there before we get to the person. So it's like, there's Nicholas sitting here, but he would be first called Sarah, Jesse, Gloria, Nick, Jackie, the Nick. Okay, they all laugh at me. They know that I don't mean anything personal by that. But boy, does it ever feel good. When someone calls you by name, when somebody remembers you, when someone says, hey, Alan, how are you doing? Wow. You know what Dale Carnegie said? He said a person's name is to him or her the sweetest and most important sound in any language. Wow. You know me by name. That must mean that I mean something to you. You remembered my name. That must mean that I'm important to you. Folks, listen, when you call somebody by name, you're, you know what you're saying? You're saying, you're not just another body, you're a somebody, Jeff. I remembered your name. You're a somebody, Jeff. That's what Jesus is saying to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, you have value. You're a somebody. And then we read on. He says, Zacchaeus. And Jesus says, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. And then Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. What is Jesus doing here? Jesus is actually making himself vulnerable. 
Now, here's the thing that nobody wants to do. Nobody wants to make himself or herself vulnerable. Nobody wants to knock down those walls and come into people's space. Here in North America, it's horrible. Houses are getting bigger, rooms are getting bigger, and we are becoming more and more distant from one another. We don't want to be close to each other, and yet in our heart of hearts, we are lonely beyond belief. We find Jesus evoking one of the great, great practices of Middle Eastern culture. It's the practice called hospitality. Now listen to this. Bible scholar John Koning, he says this, about New Testament hospitality. And hospitality, in case you don't know what it is, means simply inviting people into your home and feeding them and caring for them. Listen to this. He says, according to this tradition, which has virtually disappeared from contemporary Western culture, that would be us, hospitality is seen as one of the pillars of morality upon which the universe stands. And when guests or hosts violate the obligations to each other, the whole world shakes and retribution follows. In other words, this is the most important thing that you are going to practice or experience in your culture. In fact, the Jew, in the Jewish Talmud, it would say that hospitality is even more important than praying. It's the most important thing of all. And here's Jesus now. He's evoking it. He's saying to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house, and you're going to feed me. Zacchaeus, I'm taking a risk on you. I'm, going to, I'm knocking down the walls, and my heart is going to connect with your heart in your home. Wow. When's the last time you had somebody into your home? When's the last time you, you entertained somebody or fed them? When's the last time you asked them to your table? One of the things that Gloria and I try to do in, on a constant, regular basis is have people into our home so that we can practice hospitality. Not because we have nothing to do, not because we're not busy, but because we know that this is one of the great spiritual acts in developing relationships with other people. At some, at some seasons through the course of the year, we'll have up to 50 or 60 people go through our house every week. We want to invite people into our space. Why? Because that is where something spiritual happens. This is why in the Jewish teaching, sitting down at a table with another person has great significance. In other words, the Jewish person says, when you sit down at a table with me, you and I become one. Now, this is what Jesus is saying to Zacchaeus. I'm coming and I'm sitting at your table. You who are called a sinner, a notorious sinner, I'm coming and I'm going to become one with you. That's how critical this is. And Zacchaeus is just blown away. He just, I, you know, he can't believe it. The great master, the great teacher... The, the most famous man in the land is now coming to the most notorious man in the land. And he's saying, I'm eating with you. You and I, we're going to be friends. We're going to connect. I believe that this is one of the most spiritual things that we read about Christ doing in the New Testament. Do you know that, this might come as a surprise to you, that in Muslim, in Islam culture, again, it's Middle East. It's nothing to do with religion. We're talking about Middle Eastern customs. If you're a Christian and even a sworn enemy of a Muslim, 
The Muslim has got to, if you appeal to him to come and experience hospitality in his home, he's got to put aside his anger, his hatred, his bitterness. He's got to put it, he's got to put it all aside, and he's got to invite you into his home. He's got to feed you. He's got to take care of you. He's got to meet all your needs because hospitality is the most critical and the most important thing in this culture. So I want you to get, the, get how important this is, how critical this is. Jesus is saying, Zacchaeus, you and I are going to be friends. We're going to eat together. And it gets better. It says in verse 7, the people are displeased that Jesus is going to be eating with a notorious sinner. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. What's Jesus doing? He's declaring before everybody. You see this guy here that you all hate? You all call him a a notorious sinner? I believe in him. I believe that God wants to do something great in his life. I believe that God wants to use this man. And so in that moment, rather than, listen to this, rather than judging Zacchaeus, rather than condemning Zacchaeus, Jesus believes in him. Now, can I just say something to you all right now? Because many of you have been in church for many years of your life. Many people who don't come to church, you know what they think about us? They think that we are judging them and condemning them. Did you know that? I don't know if you knew that. They think that church is full of hypocrites and full of people who judge and condemn those who don't go to church. But here's what you and I need to understand. As followers of Jesus Christ, we don't do that. In fact, we invite everybody into this church. Come, come in. Let us love you. Let us care for you. And you will not be judged and condemned if you come to Cross Church. I can't, I can't speak for or vouch for other churches. But for this church, I can say, we'll embrace you. And that's exactly what Jesus says. I'm going to believe in you. He refused to judge. He refused to condemn. He chose, rather, to care for Zacchaeus, to love him. Now, how do you think Zacchaeus is feeling now? Man, this is amazing. Jesus, he knows my name. He looks me in the eye. He's coming and eating in my house. He's believing me. Everybody's putting me down and judging me. Jesus is not. Do you know there was a time when, with Jesus' friends, he was was surrounded by, by multitudes of people. And they didn't like something that Jesus said, and they got angry at Jesus. And it said, the Bible says in John chapter 6 that, that many people turned away. They left Jesus. They say, yeah, I'm done with this guy. And after everybody had left, Jesus turned to his remaining friends. That's, they're the disciples. But for today, let's call them Jesus' friends. Can we do that? And Jesus turns to his friends, and he says, are you also going to leave? And Simon Peter, one of Jesus' best friends, what he says to Jesus is, Lord, Jesus, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe, and we know you are the Holy One of God. Isn't that fantastic? Jesus is sowing seeds of friendship and of love and kindness with, with everybody around him, including the sinners. And now the tables have turned, and Jesus He's saying, is anybody going to be my friend? And Jesus' close disciples, his close friends say, yeah, we're sticking with you, Jesus. We're your friend. You can depend on me. You can depend on us. This is what happens, folks, when you believe in other people. When you refuse to condemn and judge the people in your life but choose to love them, you will develop in them a loyalty 
and a commitment to you that will blow you away. That's how you keep friends. You never judge them. You never condemn them. Here's what else you do. In verse 8, it says, Meanwhile, well, the people are grumbling about Jesus visiting with Zacchaeus. It says, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord, and he began to speak. Now, can I just, just stop everybody here? Think about this for a moment. Jesus, the great rabbi, the great teacher, the one who travels throughout the land, who has literally thousands and thousands and thousands of people gather around to listen to Jesus, the tables are turned, and Jesus has got his mouth shut, and he's listening to Zacchaeus. Now, think about that for a moment. I mean, Jesus has so much he could say to Zacchaeus, but rather than talking, he listens. Now, can I just say this to you parents today? Because here's what I know is a great temptation for you, and I know this because I'm a parent. It's very easy to go into what? Into lecture mode. And saying, Zacchaeus, I'm, I'm glad that I finally have these few minutes to talk to you, and I don't have a lot of time, so here's what I've got to impart to you. And he doesn't do that. Nothing. doesn't say a word. He lets Zacchaeus talk. He listens. Can I just say this to you? If you are in, in any kind of uh, industry where you are working with the public, especially if you're in sales, learn how to keep your mouth shut and learn how to listen. Learn how to listen to people. And I'm going to tell you this. If you can learn to listen, you will develop trust. You will develop a relationship with that person you're listening to that you can never develop as long as you're talking. Listen to what Dale Carnegie again. He says, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. Did you hear that? And what do we do when we get together? We just we want to start telling all about ourselves. Did you see how, what, what, how like what I'm wearing? I got it for really cheap. Like about my shoes, my pants. I just got a new this, and I got a new that, and my car. Have you seen this? And, and I've just been this, and I just was over there, and I went to that restaurant, and I met with this guy, and I know this person, this person, and dropping names, and we're just going on and on about how magnificent we are. If anybody could go on about how magnificent he was, it's Jesus. Could you just see, oh, Zacchaeus, I'm so glad we get to hang out together today because i got so much to tell you. I've been raising people from the dead. I've been feeding multitudes. Man, I walked on water. The, the nature listens to me. I can calm storms. There's all kinds of great things that I can do. Jesus says nothing. Not a word. Just listens. I'm going to tell you, so many of us repel people because we can't keep a mouth shut. Jesus listens. He didn't just listen. He goes on to inspire Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus says, Jesus is not saying a word. He's not, he's not chastising Zacchaeus. He's not saying, Zacchaeus, you're a, a rip-off artist. You're a crook. You stole all that money from the Jewish people. He didn't say a word. But just being in the presence of Jesus. Here's what Zacchaeus says. I love this. He says, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord. Remember, Jesus is not saying anything. I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I've cheated people on their taxes, I'm going to give them back four times as much. Now, Jesus is not saying a word. And Zacchaeus is just, he's inspired. Jesus believes in him. Jesus is listening to him, and Zacchaeus can't help himself but become a better man because he's in the presence of Jesus. Can I ask you a question? 
Does your presence inspire the people in your life? Do, you, do your kids want to be better people because of you? Do your kids look at you and say, you know what, I want to grow up to be just like my dad? Or are they saying, I can hardly wait to grow up to get away from my dad? Hello? I want to imitate my mother. I want to be just like her. She's a godly woman with great character. I want to grow up to be just like her. Or are you saying, I've got to get away from this nag? She's always beating up on me. She's always telling me off. She's always putting me in my place. She doesn't listen to a word I'm saying. She doesn't care about me. Wow. Jesus doesn't say a word, just listens, just believes in Zacchaeus. And he's already given away half his wealth. He's ready to make amends for anybody he's cheated. Jesus' care for Zacchaeus makes Zacchaeus want to be a better person. I'm going to tell you, there's people in my life right now that whenever I'm with them, I always go away feeling, man, I want to be like this. I want to be better at what I do. I want to be a better teacher, a better preacher, a better prayer warrior. I I want to be better. I want to give more. I want to be that kind of a person to the people in my life, especially my wife and my children. What kind of a person are you? Are you inspiring people? Or are you pushing people away? Because you say, Pastor, I can't make friends and I can't keep them. Well, maybe it's because you need to take a page from Jesus' book on friendship. There's one more thing that Jesus does. Finally, Jesus speaks because he says very little. Finally, Jesus speaks and he responds and he says, quote, Salvation has come to this home today. Salvation has come to Zacchaeus today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. What? What? Are you telling me that that little rascal Zacchaeus, this this collaborator with Rome... This man who has taken money that doesn't belong to him, this one that we all know is a dirty, rotten, notorious sinner. Are you telling me that he belongs to God? And Jesus is saying, yeah. Zacchaeus, you're my brother. Zacchaeus, I don't care what anybody else says. I can tell by your attitude, you love God and you're part of the family. I'm your brother. I'm your friend. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And I want you to know, folks, that when Jesus hung on the cross, I'm sure that Zacchaeus' face went through his mind. He remembered Zacchaeus. Because Zacchaeus had become his friend. What kind of a friend are you? You want to make friends? You want to keep your friends? Do you want your kids to, you want to keep your kids? You want to keep your spouse? But you need to take a page from Zacchaeus' experience with Christ. He looked him in the eye, called him by name, went to Zacchaeus' house for a meal. He believed in Zacchaeus. He listened to Zacchaeus. He inspired Zacchaeus. He encouraged Zacchaeus. 
What do you do for the people in your life? When you're with him, are you complaining and whining and grumbling and talking about how terrible life is and gossiping about your mother-in-law and gossiping about your, your stupid kids and your stupid boss and I hate this? And, it, and it, I mean, just 15 minutes with you? Man, I got to get away from you, man. You are driving me crazy. Are you the kind of person when people are with you, man, man, it's so, I feel so great in your presence. That's the kind of friend Jesus was. People didn't want to leave him. They wanted to be with him all the time. This is the kind of friend that Jesus is calling us to me to be. This is my commandment, that you love one another the same way that I have loved you. Zacchaeus knew beyond a shadow of a doubt Jesus really did care about him. And Zacchaeus became his friend forever. In 375 A.D., in the book called The Apostolic Constitutions, lo and behold, it identifies Zacchaeus the tax collector as the very first bishop in Caesarea. Isn't that amazing? This notorious little tax collector becomes one of the great leaders of the church because Jesus believed in him. Now, parents, I think you can see where I'm going with this. You can inspire your kids to become great people and do great things. You can inspire your friends at work to become great people because you were their friend. Jesus shows us how to do it. And now you and I are going to do it. Would you stand with me, please? At the front here, are some empty baskets. This uh, Friday, I'm going to be traveling out to Tanzania to teach all the leaders of all the villages of hope in Tanzania. And at this conference are two of our friends, friends of Cross Church. How many remember Delson, who is the director of a village of hope in Burundi? I'm going to see him. And as you know, in Burundi right now, that land is under terrible, terrible conflict. People are being shot and killed and bombs going off. It's a terrible mess. And Dalson's job is to care for those kids in the village of hope. And also there, the man that some of us have come to know, if you've been to Burundi, his name is Pastor Prince. Aaron and Jared are telling me they're constantly in touch with him. He's going to be there. And we want to bless our friends. How many know that that's what we're about here? And so if you've got any change in your pocket or maybe any loose bills that you don't need, would you help me by blessing Pastor Prince and Pastor Delson? I, I'm sorry that I can't give you a receipt for income tax purpose, but... If you've got some spare change that I could bring to them, I would just be so delighted to, to represent you to our dear friends, Delson and Prince. And so we're going to pray right now and ask God to bless this little love offering. Again, this is totally voluntary. You don't have to do it. If you don't have any change on you, well, it's your lucky day. You get off. But if you've got a few bucks on you, a few, chain, a few loonies, toonies, whatever, join with me in blessing these two faithful brothers who are working under very, very difficult circumstances. So, Father, we thank you today 
for Jesus Christ who shows us how to be friends, how to make friends and how to keep them. And God, we thank you today for the example that we read about in Luke chapter 19, all about Zacchaeus, a man who was at the very bottom, some would consider the scum of society, and yet Jesus befriended him, and it turned him into a bishop. God, help us to see that we can make that kind of a difference in a person's life. Help us to be the friend like Jesus was to all those people that you put in our lives. And now, God, as we just give a little love offering to our brothers, Delson and Prince, who consider this their church home, God, we pray that these gifts be used for your glory and for your honor. And we pray all that in your name. And everyone said it with me. Tell the person beside you, I'm your friend.